Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. friends and welcome to this another episode of the roto world football podcast my name is josh norris joined as always on this midweek episode by patrick darty and denny carter gentlemen we took last week off we need to spend some time with some turkeys with some stuffing with some cranberry sauce denny i have about five questions in my head but i'm just so glad to to see you no pun intended with this tie in your eye I, I missed you. <laughs> I was telling, right. I mean, if we're going to bring this diet conversation to, to, to light, I actually talked about it on, on Twitter this week. So it's not a, a huge secret. I said it would be my final tweet because I was in such mm. agony and it, it was not, it was not actually my final tweet. Was um, it your final tweet of that minute? It, it Right. Yeah, I did. I did wait about 60 more seconds before I posted <laughs> again, but it's, it, it was a, it was a mess. I would have had a pirate's eye patch on. Oh, that um, would have been so good for our yeah. clips, our social clips. It would have been. <laughs> Pat, how are you? I'm, I'm a little tilted. Uh, we record this on Wednesday afternoon, and it turns out I'm an NBC employee. You know, my, our local NBC affiliate is not owned by Comcast. You know, those are independently operated, and they are in a dispute with DirecTV, and I don't know if I'm going to get to watch uh, this afternoon's COVID Bowl between mm. the Steelers and Ravens. So I'm, just, I'm a little tilted on this Wednesday. Well, let's peel back the curtain even more. This is the second podcast we've recorded ahead of week 13 and before week 12 is even completed yet. That I hopefully will never, ever happen again in the history uh, of this website. Denny. We'll probably have it again next week, but uh, you know. Yeah, I was going to say it's definitely happening again. <laughs> <laughs> Denny, we have a lot to catching up to do. Yes. What are your thoughts on underwear, namely people who choose not to wear underwear? Mm. First of all, Josh, I wish my wife uh, missed talking to me as much as as you do, <laughs> honestly. And 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 I I wish I wish I had any other opportunity to sound off on on a topic that was just <laughs> named for me. So this is this is really I look forward to this very very much. So no underwear. Um, <laughs> Some call it free balling. Right. Yes. Yes. Sorry to the kids. Uh, you say that on an NBC podcast. Uh, we can't. Uh, the more PC term, Josh, is commando. Okay. Commando. Um, commando. Yeah. A very militarized term for going without <laughs> underwear. <laughs> I think Pat's been canceled. So um, I'm. I'm going to say why. My, my question would be why. Why? You know, unless it's it's like um maybe a, an appeal to being more natural. You know, and like. You know, animals don't wear underwear, so I shouldn't. But then you shouldn't wear pants either. 
Right. You know, so if we you can if, all be like Winnie the Pooh. It, <laughs> exactly. So if you're going to go that 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 step, then you have to take the next step. And then the other step is no shirt. So it's you you know, it's it's either for me, I would it would make sense. You're either completely naked or you're clothed and and being clothed includes includes underwear, whether you like it or not. So going commando, is that like the gateway to to becoming a nudist? I would guess, I would guess so for, for, for some people to maybe, maybe it's so appealing that they're like, Oh wait, what's the next step? Like, like, I like this so much. What else can I do to experience more of this? You know, freedom. Uh, so, so yeah. Right. So you get a little more into it. It's like, it's like fantasy football where you start out with your office league and suddenly <laughs> you're playing a Wednesday afternoon, single game slate, you know, the progression to you're just continuing to try to feel something. You know, and you and you and you keep going and going and going, and then until you're a nudist playing the Wednesday single game slate. So to feel anything in these alienating times, it, you know, <laughs> it starts off one day you just don't have any underwear, and then two years later you're living on an island in the Mediterranean, and you have no idea what happened. Which doesn't sound awful right now. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. I will be honest, since this is, you know, a little secret time we have right now. I, I do not sleep with clothes on, but I would say that that is a much more different habitat to be in than walking around all day, potentially in anywhere from 30 degree weather to 90 degree weather. And we know both situations and environments can call all sorts of things to happen in that region. So I understand it from a sleeping perspective. I do not understand it from a even minimal activity, daily life type of situation. Does that make sense? Well, I, yeah, I, it does. Pat, I don't know about you, but I feel like that was kind of a bomb. It was. It was. I'm just trying to not, you know, I'm just a boomer millennial. I'm just not going to comment on that. First of all, what do you, what do you turn up the heat to 78 degrees in your house? To sleep? <laughs> I, I sleep at 70 degrees. I mean, I need, I need some, you know, clothing. I, it's cold. It, Denny, I, I could now see you. This is what I'm picturing and do not report me for this. Uh, I now see you in one of those. If you ever go in like a Brooks Brothers sale, the first thing on the clearance items are those full pajama get-ups where it's like the really nice button top and then like basically slacks for pants. I see you in a full, you know, matching suit basically going to bed in now. Uh, right. I uh, I sleep in a three-piece suit. I thought everyone did that at some point, <laughs> but I guess I guess maybe that's just a phase of, of mine. I, I can't imagine, you know, I honestly sleeping in the nude, I I that sounds I'm sorry, Josh, that sounds horrible. I I, I need I need have like, you tried it before? I 
No, I mean, I've slept in underwear when it's like super hot and I can't take it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but, but I mean, like last night I slept in sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Oh, we're just built differently, Denny, which is, yeah. this is pretty messed up own. from both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Pat feels like the most normal person in the world right now. Uh, by the way, we'll, we'll just like dip our toe in football stuff right now. This isn't like the, the meat of the show later on. Pat had this wonderful idea, and thank you, Pat, for coming up and being creative with this, where we are basically reaching, after week 13, the fantasy football playoffs. And there are some random names that come about every single year, seemingly, to help you all out there win those playoffs that are completely outperforming what they previously had done that season. So Pat and Denny both brought two names and suggestions on players who potentially could fill those roles this year. But before we get to those, gentlemen, I actually have a quiz for you and a quiz out there for all of our listeners. So these are all names in the last 20 years, and I only whittled it down to week 16. But let's call them fantasy football championship winners in week 16. And boy, do I have some random names for you. (laughs) Do not feel bad at all, Pat and Denny, and to all you listeners out there, if you do not get any of these. But I just wanted to check... Your recall, since Pat, I know that you are, you know, an elder of the fantasy football community. Maybe, maybe I'm underselling you here a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I get the feeling. This is reminds me of who he played for, a uh, property of Turner, Turner Sports, where they asked Charles Barkley what teams the current NBA players play for. Uh, I feel like I would do pretty good on that. This, yeah. I'm also a bit of a trivia guy, but I get the feeling I'm going to uh, get a zero percent uh, on this quiz. People out there cannot see this, but I don't want to do like any buzzers or anything like that. If you if you can kind of figure it out, just raise your hand a little bit, all right? And then I'll, I'll go to you. All right, the first one, 2015 Saints running back. Again, these are all week 16 performances. It was a 38-27 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, a 2015 Saints running back had 27 carries for 122 yards, oh. two touchdowns, three receptions, and 47 yards. Pat, I would say that this is most likely the easiest one of this list. Probably, and I, I actually, I just remembered what, t- oh, Tim Hightower. Tim Hightower. There you go. Hey, you nailed it. Yeah. Yes, you nailed um, it. What a performance of week 16. 30 fantasy points in PPR formats in that game. I mean, it's, that's pretty remarkable. When I raised remarkable. my hand, I, all I remembered was he used to play for Washington, and right. I couldn't remember his name. And I was just, you know, the guy who used to play for the team whose nickname I can't say. Yeah. Uh, you know, that guy. Um, but yeah, it was Third, Tim Hightower. Well, yeah, that answer could apply for all of these. Yeah, 32 fantasy points for Tim Hightower in week 16 of the 2015 season. All right, number two, a 2013 Detroit Lions running back in a 20-23 to loss to the New York Giants. This running back carried the ball 20 times for 91 yards and one touchdown. And Denny, he basically should be your zero running back idol because once again, in the fantasy football championship, this 2013 St. Lions running back had 10 catches for 63 yards. Wow. This is the most random. Well, all of these are, but this one, I totally forgot this man existed. No offense to you. It wasn't Kevin Smith, right? It um, was not. Okay. It, oh, that was a good guess. It's man. a great guess. He, he, this man. Uh, is it Joy Java Bell? Java Bell. Pat. Matt nailed it. <laughs> yes. 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 Pat, say yes, it again. Yes. Yes. Joik Bell, Mr. Joik Bell, Lions legend, always on the periphery of flex status. Yes. Yep. Um, Mr. Joik. I don't know if we ever considered Joik Bell a 10 catch for 63 yard type performer, but no. he certainly yeah. was in that fantasy football championship in 2013. All right. Let's keep it moving. 
2010 Bucks oh. quarterback, 38-15 win over the Seattle Seahawks, posted 31.8 fantasy points by going 21 of 26 for 237 yards and five touchdowns. Again, a 2010 Bucks quarterback. Is it Freeman? It is Josh Freeman. I was going to say, I was going to say Josh. I thought that was too obvious though, Josh. So I was thinking more like super random, like Brad or Rob Johnson's like third youngest brother. Uh, They're not brothers, by the way. Uh, In fact, it was still just Vinny Testaverde back there in 2010. (laughs) That's what it was. was, um, Sean King. Um, Yeah. Who very kind to me, Sean King. But yes, he posted five touchdowns that season. He had no other game that year that he threw for over two touchdowns in a contest. So we we remember uh, Freeman, of course, as the quarterback of the Viking. Was it the Vikings against the Giants on on a Monday night? Where was the Monday night game? The 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 legendary performance from Mr. Josh Freeman. Yeah, Um, worst quarterback outing maybe ever. It really was actually. And we've seen Joe Webb play football. All right, let's close. No, we've got two more. Wow, this game's going way longer than I expected. All right, we can't forget about the tight end position. A 2008 Vikings tight end and a 17 to 24 loss, 32.6 fantasy points by going seven catches, 136 yards, and two touchdowns. Pat? Well, actually, I can't remember if this guy ever played for the Vikings. I, for some reason, I thought I remembered a Vikings algae crumpler phase. No, um, I don't okay, think he ever mind. played for the for the never Vikings. Mind. Denny? I know who this is. 100% I have the answer. Who is this it? This is Shanko. Oh, man. You're well right. done. <laughs> well done. I believe this is two for two. Two I, and two. Yes. Go ahead. Dave. I remember because I... I picked him up. He he was dropped like inexplicably, and I picked him up, and I was like, "Eh, why not? Wait, I'll just I'll just take a shot." And he won my game for me. So I just wanted to say, by the way, I wanted to shout out Josh Freeman, but I thought I was getting tricked. I thought it was uh, too obvious. Um, you, so you think too much. You think yeah. too much. <laughs> think less, Pat. All right, this is the deciding factor, and this is easily the most difficult one, probably because we're going all the way back to two thousand three. Minnesota Vikings. Ricky Prohl. <laughs> 2003 Minnesota Vikings, a running back for that team. 21 carries, 146 yards, three touchdowns, also caught four passes for 37 yards. I wasn't even playing fantasy, man. I don't know. Yeah. That was the first year I played fantasy, actually. Um, Denny, where were you in 2003? Uh, 2003, I was 20 years old. I was a hardcore Dolphins fan who didn't care about any other team. And I, my first fantasy season was 2005. So I like this sort of knowledge of random players is I'm going to have trouble with this one. (laughs) Pat, Um, any guesses? 2003 running back for the Vikings. I do not. Uh, I mean, that was four years for Adrian Peterson. That was, uh, you know, it was like the very end of establish at all costs ball. I mean, 30 carries was, Still very common back then, but I do not have even a single guess. And I guess that was right after like the Robert Smith era. Is that correct? I was was thinking of a Smith, but I was thinking Antoine Smith and he never played for the Vikings. Um, It is a Smith, Pat. Okay. I thought Antoine Smith, but I didn't think he had ever played for the Vikings. So I was too afraid to, uh, uh, I was too uh, uh, scared. All right. Uh, But I think it's very fair that this ended as a 2-2 draw, but the name, Again, 2003 Vikings running back for everyone out there, listeners, since I know all of you got it. Ontario Smith. 
Wow. wow. I do remember that guy. It has been a good uh, long time. Uh, I hadn't, uh, yeah, I had not voted for a president yet the last time that he uh, was carrying the ball. In fact, in the last 20 years, Ontario Smith's 40 fantasy points, again, in that week 16 showing, is the 14th best fantasy score in week 16, again, in the fantasy championship. So Ontario Smith is the king of this entire list. Wow. Good grief. Good, Good grief. grief. And All right. Really well, in, in ter- Ontario Smith. You guys did great. I think that was a fun exercise. We're going to do it weekly now. All right. Let's now roll mm-hmm. into some players who might win you for fantasy championships. Danny Carter, lead us off the name. I'm going with everybody's low T favorite running back. I should say every <laughs> low T fantasy manager's favorite running back, James White. All right. So mm. the only way that James White was going to be useful in fantasy was if. Rex Burkhead went down and Rex Burkhead went down with a season ending knee injury. James White's splits with and without Burkhead are pretty great, pretty encouraging. He averages eight, 8.1 targets per game and 6.2 receptions per game when Burkhead has been out of the Patriots lineup since 2017. Last week, he scored two touchdowns. He's not, you know, we're not chasing a, 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 a touchdown, rushing touchdown surge from James White, of course. Um, but we are, you know, looking to him as a, a very high floor PPR option uh, going, <clears throat> excuse me, going forward. In week 13, he goes against the Chargers uh, defense that has allowed a ton of targets and receptions to opposing running backs throughout the season. I wrote, I wrote that up in my target decoder uh, column this week. James White leads the team, leads the running backs for, the, for New England in, in snaps since uh, Burkhead went down. And um, he's seeing a decent number of carries, which again, we're not, that's not what we're looking at here, but he's the, clearly the number two ball carrier behind uh, Damian Harris in that offense. Uh, so I think, you know, if, if people dropped him and, and, and you were able to pick him up uh, just on a whim, I think you may be on to something. You mean Rex Burke had to completely cut the heart out of that role for James White, but like he says, basically slid right back into it. And, Last week, the two touchdowns, you know, you can't really count on that, but it was what it was indicative of was like the Patriots do like the thing they kind of like if the offense is rolling, like they'll just stick with whoever is in the game near the goal line. And it was, uh, one time last week was actually after Damian Harris got stood up on a goal line carry, but so that they'll keep James White and they're not afraid to keep him in if the offense is rolling near the goal line. And this last week, they're doing kind of some like option action, and both his touchdowns actually came on pitches, yeah. so maybe his role will be a little different this time around. and I mean, Sonny Michelle just completely out of the – it was a healthy scratch. And then last week he was active with zero touches. And James White is kind of like back to his past touch floor. And uh, and that could increase too because, I mean, Cam Newton, horrible passing performance. They're going to have to stay all in on the run. And, yeah, James White, he's back, folks. Yeah, and as both you mentioned, both of his touchdowns last week were inside the 10-yard line. That is exactly the usage that we're looking for. I mean, we go back and forth in this – Patriots offense all season long, but I would say even the most optimistic person just looks at it and says, well, everything has to be manufactured in order for it to work. We've seen that with James White. And if they need receptions out there, defenses are even starting to take away and like, you know, choke down on the likes of Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird closer to the line of scrimmage. And so at times a screen pass to James White might be the thing that gets a, a drive going. Right. And what, Kind of is most fascinating to me, and training camp was training camp this year. Practice reports were practice reports. None of us got to see any action of these guys in preseason games. But every single day, 
Damian Harris was the back that saw the second most receptions on this team behind Julian Edelman. I mean, Pat, it was control C, control V, every single practice report. Like, oh, Damian Harris is going to be a weapon in the passing game. This year, over under, does he have like six catches? I mean, he is not even involved in the passing game. And so that entire role is still there. And that's even more shocking because Damian Harris was basically the receiving back to Josh Jacobs rushing at Alabama. So it's been a total role reversal. But I'm just glad that James White, who's been doing this for, it seems like, decades, uh, still has the ability to to make fantasy magic. My only pushback, Denny, would be their Mm -hmm. schedule the rest of the way. The Chargers, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Yeah, I should say, and I'm not sure I mentioned this, this is PPR only for a guy like James White. Like you're, you're not like excited about James White in a standard scoring league, or even maybe not even in, in half PPR. So this is full PPR, uh, cheat code type running back stuff. If uh, if you were able to pick him up, so he's going full Jork Bell, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's gonna establish it between the tackles. Twenty carries uh, for forty-eight yards. That's James yeah. White's game from now on down the stretch. We call it a callback, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Pat. Your first name is? Uh, well, Denny actually did a much better job of following the concept because neither of my names are going to be really be on benches even. To me, that's a fascinating point because, Pat, this was your concept. It was. And uh, well, <laughs> well, basically, I was trying to retrofit a concept around wanting to talk about DeAndre Swift and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, but it just I didn't really do a good job because everyone's going to be starting DeAndre Swift, of course. And a lot of people will be starting Brandon Ayuk, but I just think we need to talk about these folks. Go ahead. Uh, or DeAndre Swift, he's currently actually the he's the RB21 by average points and half PPR, uh, but he's much lower um, by total points, obviously, because you know, he wasn't involved earlier in the season. And basically, like on paper, he looks like a decent, like low end RB2. But I mean, I think even with so, like the player pool is much bigger now. Bye weeks are functionally over, there's only two teams on bye this week and buys are done the rest of the season, so you get a very deep player pool. But even in that very deep player pool, I honestly think DeAndre Swift's going to be a top 10 running back uh, down the stretch of the season. Uh, I think Daryl Bevel's going to really open up the offense with Matt Patricia gone. It might actually finally look more like the Lions offense looked in the first half of 2019. You know, Kenny Galladay is still hurt, uh, so they have to like kind of get creative with what they're going to do. And, you know, they were obviously they were really involving DeAndre Swift before his concussion, uh, I think we had 37, uh, it was 37 touches, I believe, over two games. And uh, you know, he's just such a good player, too. He, he's big and explosive. To me, he looked like gear faster when he was in college than the other players. That's kind of starting to translate to the NFL. He seems very smart at the first level of the defense. So just someone we're so excited about. The role was coming together. I think that, yeah, there's going to be a change in approach for the Lions. Uh, they have the Packers and the Titans. So they have a tough matchup in the Bears this week, but then they have the Packers and the Titans. Uh, for the first two weeks in the fantasy playoffs, so two of the very worst running back defenses. So DeAndre Swift, I know is going to be in most people's lineups, but I think he will be like a league winner. So hmm. I think he's going to be a top 10 running back for the fantasy playoffs. This fits the narrative, Pat, of, hey, we are a bad team that has already fired our head coach and general manager. It's time to play the rookies more and get them as many reps as possible. Now, unless Daryl Bevel, who seems to be the reason why Adrian Peterson chose the Detroit Lions. And unless Adrian Peterson is like nearing this rushing touchdown landmark once again, and like that's the reason why he's going to get more playing time, Pat, I'm I'm totally with you. And is it, and I don't want to hypothesize this type of thing, but is it out of the realm of possibility that 
they just shut down Kenny Galladay for the rest of the season. I mean, it, it's, it certainly seems like they either completely miscalculated his schedule to return or they've realized, well, our season's done and let's just not play him. He's in a Joe Mixon type situation. Yeah. Where yes. it's just gone on and on, but is this the final year of Kenny Galladay's contract? Uh, I can't remember. I think it might be. So I feel like there's probably incentive for the lions to get him on the field, but I, I don't know. Maybe there's an AJ green type situation too, where, I mean, understandably, he's just not going to play unless he's 100% healthy because he has a lot to lose playing at less than 100% healthy on the, the season that's already over. Um, yeah, I mean, he wasn't placed on injured reserve, which would suggest they think he could be back at any given week. But that same thing happened to Joe Mixon, and then he was eventually placed on injured reserve. So they might have just uh, grossly miscalculated the return timeline. Yeah, getting back to Swift real quick, I, uh, I remember I had the Lions game against Washington a, a couple weeks ago where – he went off and he was like for the first time, like very clearly the number one running back option for the lions, which Adrian Peterson later said, what took you so long lions? Uh, <laughs> an amazing quote. Uh, and, and I, so I think if we just don't have super short memories and just reach back to, if we go back to week 10, okay, we're talking three weeks ago. I remember talking to Josh about on the Sunday night podcast and we were in agreement he looks like a league winner. If you were patient with him, if you drafted him, if you kept him, if you struggled through some of the some of the the, the low times, uh, and and just kept him on your roster, maybe stashed him, then you know it's going to pay off. And so I, I I'm total agreement. I, I think it it'll it'll prove very savvy for people who stayed patient there. Only three times this season has he received 13 carries. And in those games, it was week six against Jaguars, which is a great matchup. He had 14 carries for 116 yards and two touchdowns. Then in week nine against the Vikings, he had 13 carries for 64 yards, add another three receptions for 33 yards. And then, as you mentioned, in week 10 against Washington, 16 carries, 81 yards, five catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. So, Pat, when he's getting this opportunity, this workload – Hmm, imagine that he's actually producing. And then in that week 10 game was by far his highest snap percentage at 73%. But I even look back to that Jacksonville game that I cited. He only played 38% of the offensive snaps in that contest. And then against the Vikings, just 40%. So when he's on the field in those situations, he got the ball, but at least we can lean back on if he's healthy, if he's fit from this concussion, then he should be able to, uh, bounce right back into a full feature back workload as both of you are talking about. Yeah, he was the RB17 by half PPR points in week nine. Then he was the RB5. And, you know, Adrian Peterson, while DeAndre Swift was out, you know, they mostly they leaned on on Johnson the most. And so I just think I think they're ready to do the right thing. It's famous last words always, but I think they are ready to do the right thing. And I really do think DeAndre Swift is like a classic league winner. It, only concern is that the fantasy championship in week 16, which we hope is the fantasy championship, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before then, it's, it's the Bears, which is this week, then the Packers and the Titans. So those week 14 and 15 matchups could be gold. You know, I tell people to get blown out in the fantasy championship, you have to make the fantasy championship. Smart. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Very you smart. lose one hundred percent of the Super Bowls you don't make. That's that's the pointing at the head meme. NetCredit is here to say yes because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com/partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. All right, Denny, your next name. My next name is another PPR, potential PPR darling, Kiki QT in Houston. I'm not, I'm not like huge on QT as a thing. Okay. So bear with me for a second, but we have to look at the surrounding circumstances, which are lining up for him to just be by default, a guy who sees volume going forward. So Randall Cobb has a quote, significant toe injury. We don't know when he's going to come from, come back from that. He's the primary slot guy when he's healthy for Houston. Uh, we have Will Fuller done for the year because of the the PED suspension. Um, so you know he QT he is still the, gone. As still well. right. I'm sorry. You're right. Yes. Thanks. And st- yeah, Stills is gone. Um, so I mean, I had to uh, you know Google the Texans depth chart uh, <laughs> and and the practice squad just to see like to make sure you know like who else could could emerge here. And I think it's pretty clearly uh, going to be uh, Brandon Cooks, but also, you know, uh, QT. So um, this Texans offense has gained almost 77% of its yardage this season through the air. That's the mm. highest rate in the league. Uh, you know, they're constantly forced to the air. Uh, and that's not a bad thing for fantasy, as we saw on Thanksgiving against Detroit. You know, like White, like James White, he's a QT is only viable in PPR leagues because of the kind of passes, because of the kind of targets he's going to catch from Deshaun Watson. Um, And, you know, Houston plays the Colts in two of the next three weeks. So I think some sideways game script in those matchups could be good for someone like QT, where, you know, Houston is once again just forced to throw and throw and throw some more. um, And he benefits with a bunch of cheap PPR points. I, I, uh, I, you know, league winner, maybe overstating it. Yeah. Maybe um, don't go that far, but, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not gonna, um, have huge catches, you know, for, uh, week winning touchdowns or anything. But, uh, I, I think, you know, especially in leagues where you have to like, where you have like multiple flex spots, um, that you're you know, kind of scrambling to fill every week. I would feel really lucky to have a guy like QT in, in one of those spots. So Kiki QT, not a league loser. Um, and Josh, you go first, then I have some other thoughts. But yeah, Kiki Cutie, not a league loser. Well, Denny, now I feel obligated to eliminate the term league winner in the title of this podcast. So let's workshop a title. Should it be fringe players <laughs> who might turn to gold in the fantasy playoffs? Does that work? Is that better? That that that, that works for me. No, okay. No, I mean, Colin, wide receiver fives who can maybe offer wide receiver three point five to wide receiver four value for the fantasy. Diddy, it is it is so bold, and I com- commend you for this. I'm glad. Look, I'm I'm glad to bring the hot takes. Yeah, you know, it, it's so bold to to name someone who I think has two career receiving touchdowns in uh, in Kiki Beauty. I'll That's get into right, Kiki but- Cutie now. I mean, so Kiki Cutie has so the main injury thing for the main injury it's a Freudian slip because he's been injured so much. The main problem for Kiki Cutie 
has been injuries. The guy has some compiling bona fides. Like he has four career five catch games, but he's only played like 20 career games because of injury. He had a 15 target game. I don't know if anyone remembers yeah. this. And yeah, uh, early week two, like week three or four in 2018. And you know, Deshaun Watson is someone honestly who should be getting MVP hype. Like yes. he's completing almost 70% of his passes while averaging almost nine yards per attempt. Like this monumental numbers. So he has been playing so well. And the Kiki Cutie is not going to be the down the field guy. But yeah, I mean, he's someone that we know when he's healthy, at least can soak up targets and Kiki Cutie really will be probably top 40 viable. And there's a few other, like if you're really desperate in fantasy, a few other places to look in this offense where tight end Jordan Akins might start playing out of the slot more. He, his slot running red in the, the athletic the other day, but he's running 11% fewer of his snaps in the slot this year than he did last year. He ran almost 34% of his snaps in the slot last year. That could go up. And even fifth round rookie Isaiah Coulter, um, He's a size speed guy. I think he went to Rhode Island, so a very small mm-hmm. school, but 6'2 with 4.45 speed. Uh, he had a really strong training camp, actually, and then he got hurt with a neck injury, so he didn't play the first half of the season. But he could be someone that could soak up some of the downfield work that's going to be missing now for the Texans and maybe someone even to keep an eye on as a wide receiver five in deeper leagues. But yeah, Kiki Cutie, like, I mean, he, he became kind of a fantasy punchline, really, but he should be 100% uh, rostered at this point. That's uh that's Patrick Doherty speed. Um, look, someone someone has to be catching footballs from Deshaun Watson, who's playing like a top three player in the NFL this season, and most likely it's Brandon Cooks, but that can only go so far. Maybe Deshaun Watson's game completely crumbles because Will Fuller isn't there, and historically it has when Fuller wasn't there. But I'm with you. If someone is going to do it, I think it's going to be split split between Kiki Cutie and Jordan Akins. They were in the same draft class. I do this crazy thing each year where I go through every single team's post-draft press conferences (laughs) and write up what the GMs and head coaches say. And I remember when Bill O'Brien drafted Jordan Akins and Kiki Cutie and said, hey, this was all about figuring out our interior passing game. And that's why they brought in Randall Cobb this offseason, I'm sure. But as long as Randall Cobb is out, then Kiki Cutie – should be seeing those snaps. Plus, they've been manufacturing some touches for him like they did this past weekend inside the 10-yard line. Denny, I like what you said, that against the Colts, the Bears, and the Colts in weeks 13 through 15 might not be great, even though the game script might go off the rails in two of those games. But week 16, Cincinnati Bengals, That's right. fantasy championship. We might be back here in 365 days quizzing you about Kiki Cutie. Who knows? League equals one is basically yes. what Josh just said. And the big problem with Kiki Kitty, of course, is that he's just going to immediately pull his hamstring this weekend. But he will do so after having five catches for 41 yards in the first yeah. half. That's yeah. right. And that's all we're looking for. I'm kidding. But, you know, what? <laughs> you know, getting back uh, to, to the Coulter, the big receiver for uh, Houston, people are going to be asking us about do I start Coulter as of next week? Like, I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure that this guy is going to get – some downfield shots, maybe he'll catch one. You know, it'll be he'll it'll it, best case scenario, it'll be like two catches on four targets for 60 yards and a touchdown, something like that. But yeah, I I that's a great point, Pat. I'm glad you brought him up because I, I think people will uh, you know, it's in deeper leagues, I think you can go pick him up right now, honestly. Absolutely. Isaiah Coulter over Ann Coulter. Got it. All right, Pat. <laughs> Close us out. 
political. Let's not. Uh, get- <laughs> yeah. So yeah, gosh, Josh. I mean, sorry, guys. Honestly, unseemly to even anything even remotely related. Um, uh, yeah. So Denny did a better job of bringing the heat. Actually, the under the radar names. Um, I'll go with another guy who. This guy, he's not available on waivers. Uh, you're probably already going to be starting him most weeks. But I honestly also think Brandon Ayuk could be a league winner down the stretch. And so before he got, he got the coronavirus, he had three straight games of at least six catches for 75 yards. Uh, he was averaging 10 targets. That was without Debo Samuel, though, of course. Debo came back last week, had a target, you know, bonanza type of game. But, I mean, really, so Brandon Ayuk is also kind of a yak guy, also kind of a slasher, but – they clearly trust Brandon Ayuk as more of a traditional receiver than they do Debo Samuel. And really, I think they're almost going to be playing like different positions down the stretch. And I think there'll be enough work for both of them. And Brandon Ayuk, somebody has been kind of had injury issues all year. He came into the year with the hamstring and like kind of just hasn't been practicing a lot, but they, they have not. So despite that, they have like forced the issue with him. They have not been shy about getting Brandon Ayuk immediately involved, giving him big target counts and, I just think he's such a good player. And even with Debo Samuel back, he's so badly needed in this offense where he's he's the wide receiver 37 by total points and half PPR right now. And he's the wide receiver 22 by average points. And I just think he could be like a top 16 or 18 option by the time it's done down the stretch. They need him so bad. And he's just been another one of these amazing rookie receivers this year. Not playing in week 11 and week 12 has made us totally forget that Brayden Ayuk was just hitting his stride in week seven. Seven targets, six receptions, 115 yards. Week eight, 10 targets, eight receptions, 91 yards, and a score. Week 10, 14 targets, seven receptions, 75 yards, and a score. Cal Posey, who I think does a great job helping cover the, the 49ers, asked Kyle Shanahan uh, yesterday this question. It was mainly focused around Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown and kind of like the aggressiveness and, and the hammer mentality that they bring to games. And if he has anyone on his team that he could say, hey, that's the type of guy that we have. And Kyle Shanahan brought up Debo Samuel and he brought up Brandon Ayuk. And we talked about it last year when Brandon Ayuk was drafted this 49ers team at the end of the first round that he, you know, was not a complete wide receiver at Arizona State. But where he starred was yards after the catch. Now, Pat, I think the part of the equation that you mentioned that was important was that the opportunities probably won't be as good as we have seen them previously, but that's okay. We've also seen two talented wide receivers on the field at the same time be better than just one talented wide receiver at the same time because it draws attention. And if Brandon Ayuk could get more manufactured touches or shorter or even deeper patterns, and he might run the more deep patterns compared to Debo Samuel, then we could have some, some real cooking here, but I think the main concern is who he's attached to. And right now, that is Nick Mullins. Hey, Nick Mullins, he pays the bills for these receivers. That's all I'll say. I mean, he, he gets the <laughs> target job done, okay? And also an offense without George Kittle. Also an offense where Jarek McKinnon is on his last legs. Nick Mullins, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brandon, that he had to bring up Nick Mullins. We were trying to get through the segment without mentioning <laughs> Nick Mullins. But. Nick Mullins is the type of – if you have a guy playing in, on the 49ers – that you can't watch the game, but you just look at the score afterwards. Exactly. Because exactly. every drive you think, God, Nick Mullins is crushing my fantasy day. But at the end, you look up and it's, oh, he had seven catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. That's not bad. That's there right. you go. Just I, looks uh, I, I'm, I'm all about Ayuk. Like, I was super excited to roster him in, in leagues this year. 
when Debo went down, I was like, this is it. Like, you know, Ayuk is going to, is, is a wide receiver one, no doubt about it. And I still believe that. Okay. I still believe that if Debo is out and I just feel like they cannibalize each other's opportunity and role to, to an extent. Now you're right about Ayuk is the preferred like traditional receiver. Okay. And that, and, and that has, you know, a lot of value and upside in and of itself. I, I see what you're saying. Um, but all those, those little tosses, those little manufactured touches around the line of scrimmage that Ayuk was seeing with Debo out with a hamstring. I mean, those were so great. Those were awesome. Those were just cheap fantasy production t- kind of points. I loved them. And I don't know if he, if he sees those very much with, with Debo healthy and, and, and same with Debo. Like you, if you're super excited about what Debo did for your team last week, Ayuk's coming back. So it's yeah. not, I don't know if that's going to last. It's just, it's just an offense so starved for quality targets that I just think it will be big enough for the two. Because, I mean, what are the alternatives? The alternative, you know, Kendrick Bourne, who's a very good role player, but Kendrick Bourne or Richie James or Jarek McKinnon. Like, I just think that oh. I think that he'll get the looks for both these receivers. So here's also the concern. And tell me if I'm not caught up on my injury reports, Pat. But as we get closer to weeks 13, 14, 15 and 16, we just saw Raheem Mostert come back. And we could see George Kittle come back potentially as well, right? So now you have to consider two sides of this. One, in Kyle Shanahan's dream to start the season, and that was crushed immediately for the 49ers as soon as the first practice happened. But his dream was for Raheem Mostert, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brian Ayuk to be on the field all at the same time. And so he thought in his head, and Kyle's much better at this than we are, that, oh, all of these guys are going to help us to wins and, and most likely be productive. Now, we get, again, into this battle of, oh, it's better if one or two or three of these options go away. That means targets are forced in their directions. But, we've again, we've also seen it can happen the other way, that if all four are there, then all four can shine. Just yeah. maybe not in as much volume, more yeah, efficiency. It's, it's good when the defense cannot key in on you, like you're the mm-hmm. featured option and defenses are going to have – so it's we, all, we were like all over the map on Brandon. So Brandon Ayuk – is he's getting more traditional receiver looks than Debo, but as like Josh said, he's also still, I mean, he's, he's also a lot like Debo where he's yep. best on uh, touches that are manufactured around, around the line for screen. And I just think that that can be accomplished for both of them. I really, cause that is, that's what the 40, what other choice do the 49ers have right now? They don't have another choice. And week 15 and week 16, it's the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. I like it. Good job guys. This was a good episode. Thanks for not making me participate. All right. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Again, we'll be back on Thursday night slash Friday morning with a game-by-game preview show covering every single fantasy-relevant player out there for what we hope is week 13. Daigle and Hayden will be joining us. Um, go and check out Denny's Target Decoder column. Go and check out my Fantasy Bus column. It was posted before week 13 was done. And the same thing with Denny's Target Decoder column. My, yep. my kickers too. Don't forget my kickers. Oh, I Denny, one of the funniest moments to me is I get up and I'm about to post the podcast on Monday morning and I look at all the new images and at least the first <laughs> six are just kickers. That's right. And they're all just they're there. We must have all 32 kickers in in the portfolio by now. I I know I no we don't, but I put in I put in a request. I said I need some. I need some kicker images. <laughs> I'm dying here, uh, and and so I looked at the schedule, and I I basically said, you know, these 
10 kickers. Can you put them into the system? And, and that request was, was received. And now we have a ton of kicker images. You're welcome. Yeah. I spent 45 we, minutes arguing middle management to not allow this request. And it didn't <laughs> ruining the website with his kicker. Uh, but I was you, you even put like Mike Vanerjack in there. You put John Casey in there. <laughs> you put Alinda Mare, like all these kickers from history. So you must be having a column for that too. Bill Gramatica, not Martin Gramatica, right. Bill Gramatica. That's that's a hipster move there, Pat. <laughs> Going with Bill over Martin. Yeah, uh, Mark Mosley is in there. It, it, I, just, I just covered the bases. Got it. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening. Up the villa. We'll talk to y'all soon. See ya. NetCredit is here to say yes because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 